A reading from improv guru Keith Johnstone. There are people who prefer to say yes, and there are people who prefer to say no. Those who say yes are rewarded by the adventures they have. Those who say no are rewarded by the safety they attain. Welcome to Illuminate Faith. My name is Dave Exley. And I'm Doug Peck. In today's episode, we explore the the themes of grief and risk and and the path to healing. We'll hear from blogger Christine uh, Sharp. Uh, We'll explore uh, a passage of scripture that connects with uh, those things and have a discussion about embracing all the nuances within life as we look to give that emphatic yes to existence. But first, let's hear these words of scripture from Luke chapter 13, verse 31 to 35, as Emma X. Lee reads for us from the Common English Bible translation. At that time, some Pharisees approached Jesus and said, Go, get away from here, because Herod wants to kill you. Jesus said to them, Go tell that fox, Look, I'm throwing out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will complete my work. However, it's necessary for me to travel today, tomorrow, and the next day because it's impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who were sent to you, how often I have wanted to gather your people, just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you didn't want that. Look, your house is abandoned. I tell you, you won't see me until the time comes when you say, Blessings on the one who comes in the Lord's name. We ponder these 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 images of of, of grief and of, of risk and that that path of life, which can often be unexpected. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Christine Sharp, uh, who's the the author of Forty Five Things dot com, a, a blog uh, where Chris uh, reflects on on life and all of its uh, complexities. Uh, she shares with us today uh, an image of of oil and vinegar and those two substances and uh, and her own perspective on on what it means to embrace. Uh, all the complexity of life. And so let us hear from Christine Sharp, who is an educator, a musician, and a blogger. The other day, I was enjoying a salad at work. Okay, I wasn't enjoying it as much as I was tolerating it with a balsamic dressing. Admittedly, I was annoyed because I would have preferred ranch, but I'm trying to watch what I eat a little more. As I shook the dressing and watched the olive oil mixed with the balsamic vinegar, herbs, and spices... I began to truly understand something about human nature, about my nature, and I've been thinking about this ever since. Ah, oil and vinegar. Two wonderful and contrasting flavors that both work together and oppose one another. There's the vinegar. In my mind, it's a strong balsamic vinegar, acidic and sour and biting. And there's the oil, which I imagine is a golden and delicious extra virgin olive oil, thick and rich and healing. Both are needed, and without both... We do not get to experience the fullness of flavor. I can't help thinking about how much we require both and how much these two elements correspond to something big in my life. Have you ever felt betrayed? Have you ever been so hurt in a relationship that you can't sleep properly? You don't know how to forgive and move forward? Maybe you were angry with yourself or God or your spouse. Maybe you were holding on to something that just happened or to a harming that happened years ago. This is the kind of hurt that crushes your soul, that makes you question your ability to make choices and feels like it will never stop. I've been experiencing this kind of hurt lately. 
And while I may not like this truth, I am responsible, solely responsible, for the healing and forgiveness that must take place. I want to experience the healing, but I am not too fond of having to feel all the hurt and pain and betrayal. In other words, I want the oil without first pouring out all the vinegar. Sure, I may let a little out here and there. I may cry for a few minutes, but how quickly I dry those tears and get back to the work of healing. I don't like the vinegar. I don't want to pour out all my pain. I don't want to burden anyone with it or hurt the one who hurt me. I just want to move into the healing and richness of that beautiful oil. But it doesn't work like that, ever. Real healing will never happen until we pour out all the acid, until we let go of all the emotion, until we allow ourselves to feel and taste the sting of betrayal. It's okay to do so. Not only okay, it's absolutely necessary. We need to open our heart wound, look inside, and let out all the emotion, all the words, all the primal screams, all the physical feelings that come with being hurt and sad. You know the ones. The lump in your throat, the tightness in your chest, the feeling like someone punched you in the gut. Once we let it all out, and we are sure there is no more, then, and only then, can we let that flavorful and rich healing ointment pour over us and begin that journey to forgiveness, trust, and reconciliation, and wholeness. Being in the second half of my life means a lot of things, including eating more salads and recognizing that holding on to pain and holding in my emotions does not serve me well. This half of my life is all about keeping the tools that serve me and letting go of all the things that don't. It's about both healing and feeling. We hear within Christine's words and reflections there a, a real yes to not just you know certain aspects of life, but the full complexity of life. And as she talks about those images of uh, you know or that image of oil and and vinegar and the joy and the pain of of living, there is an inherent yes that we hear from her that is so important for us. And as we think about the gospel story. The story is most certainly one that that reflects that and mirrors that 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 yes, and there is risk involved with that as well. And so let's talk about risk. Risk plays a, a huge part in this scripture reading. I think we're seeing a lot of boldness on Jesus's part. I think we're seeing a lot of risk and boldness. Um, in Christine's story too, how she's saying, I want to make some good choices. I, let's move away from ranch dressing. And, and right as she says that, like, I feel a, a thing inside me just all of a sudden just irk because uh, I am so, so uh, tempted by by the ranch dressing. And, and those are hard choices. Uh, it's It's so easy to just stay in your comfort zone. Just reward yourself with your comfort zone. Uh, but she's spelling it out for us that Lent is a time to acknowledge that real joy doesn't come without acknowledging the suffering. And that is a huge part of our church life. It, it, we so want, as she mentioned, to just have a church life that just acknowledges the happiness of Christmas, the happiness of the resurrection. But but the only reason these things are deeply happy for us is because they're an answer to a deep suffering that's been going on. And we're seeing Jesus plummet into that deep suffering. Uh, he's helping people, healing people, and the response he's getting is life-threatening. 
life-threatening. And we start off with these Pharisees. These Pharisees who um, in some way are showing that they're on his side, but they're not willing to risk. They're not willing to, to, uh, to be a little more bold and have their own safety uh, be risked. And, and in a sense, how could you blame them? Um, but but I, I can't help but sense that if I were Jesus, um, you know, I, I'd want to say to them, uh, you know, you could have stuck up for me. You know, they, they're, they're saying to Jesus, uh, get out of here because uh, Herod's going to hurt you. Um, uh, and we hear Jesus' response saying, well, you tell him, but, but um, you know, I, I'm helping people. What's going on here? But, but if they were to risk a little more, uh, I, I can't help but think that down the road, that, that should Jesus get hurt and, and one day crucified, just uh, um, if I were to read ahead in the story, I, I could almost see these Pharisees saying, we tried to help him. We did what we could. But I can't stop thinking, could they have done more? Um, and, and I think that's where I enter the story. And I think that's where we all enter the story. And that's where Christine has so boldly entered the story. She's saying, I want to do more. Uh, you know, second half of my life, you got to make some, some smart decisions to live a healthier life. I want to do more for my own health. Uh, and, and, uh, and she brings in the topic of grief and Jesus is bringing in the topic of grief. Um, and I love the way she says that to deal with it, it's kind of like playing with acid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and one of the reasons why it's so much more comfortable to just say no to things is nobody wants to get burned with acid. I'm just thinking about trying to move something heavy to the basement and, and thinking to myself, this thing might crash into the ground. And if I get behind it, it might crash into me. Um, but I really want this thing downstairs, uh, and, and it involved a little bit of risk, but, but how do you do that safely? Um, but, uh, rather than just not have it done, uh, when I think about grief and risk and boldness, I I think about a board meeting that happened in, in our little rural congregation, the the village, uh, that our church, uh, sits within the school was under threat. And we knew that the board wanted to close this school. And so many people within the community were saying the same thing. What can you do? You can't fight the board. They're just going to win. Uh, ultimately, um, somebody came to our board meeting and said, let's fight this. And um, and I could just see so many board members uh, just look at this person like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, save your own skin. Let's just Let's just not look like like idiots and all this and just let it happen and move on with life. And, um, and somebody said to her after, after her whole, uh, talk to inspire us to get on board, to, to be a part of the movement. Uh, somebody, somebody just said, why are you doing this? They're just going to close it anyway. Why, why are you doing this? And, and her response, and I will never forget her response. I, I, I don't remember m- much of her original presentation, but the thing that moved me to, uh, in such an inspiring way and I know everyone else she said well in five years from now if they do close the school and if they do take it away from us I want to look back and say I tried to fight 
And to, to me, that's a big part of, of the boldness that we're seeing in Christ today. To me, that's a big part of Christine's story. The boldness that we're hearing is that um, we could have some deep regrets if we look back and, and say we didn't do something. And that's something I'm hearing in Jesus's story here, that that there could be some, Jesus sees something ahead of time. And, and he wants this flock, this brood to see that too. And they're just not seeing it right now. I, I look at this passage of scripture and I think about the way in which you know, contextually, what's what's happening in 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 his time, and it's so you know it, it shows up in our time too, where people are wanting to um, see things in black and white. You know that you see clean, unclean. That you see you know uh, favored by God, unfavored by God. You know that how quickly we want to move to those places. You turn on you know network news and you'll hear, okay, well we're not going to embrace the nuances. You know all the in between. We want people on one extreme side and the other extreme side arguing about something, and so we're not able to see beyond those you know those binaries that uh, that that emerge within our our world. And here Jesus is able to embrace those things and see beyond what what most individuals see on the surface. You know, he talks about, you know, casting out demons, performing cures. And when you think about the fact that in the gospel story, certainly in the gospel of Mark, stepping away from, from Luke, what's the first thing that happens? Jesus heals someone who is demon possessed which in some ways you look deeply into that story and it's the story of the commingling between you know that where the world wanted to say okay that's there's no sense in wasting any sort of god's grace and god's goodness or 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 beauty into that which we're deeming to be unclean but it's almost as if jesus brings that oil into that you know that acid that vinegar within and it's in that commingling that that somehow suddenly we see hey this there's a magic within that that we need to embrace that he's saying yes to that almost like you think about people in the kitchen that that play with those different you know uh, sweet and savory uh, you know salt and and you know uh, all of that that we see within within the the, the world of, of of cooking the culinary world um demonstrates um a yes to embracing more than just the blandness of life. And I think that that's what's going on within here is that um, we're seeing embedded within this the reality that within all of us, there is the capacity to to experience joy, the capacity to experience pain within all of us, a goodness, and also, you know, um, you know, another side of that. And and how do we embrace those things? Because we want we want to oversimplify the world. And I love the people who are able to see, like Christine's able to see, and and look past that and, and to embrace. What does it mean to embrace? There's that that wonderful, you know, uh, more recent hymn where we hear those lines, you know, um, about embracing the joy and the pain of living. And, and what a wonderful thing it is to, to do that, because when we try to separate those two things, um, it's a slippery slope where we begin to look at God's grace and God's love and God's favor through the wrong lens. And, and so, yeah, 
I think that that's the beauty of this this passage of scripture and 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 entering it with the eyes of of, of saying, hey, how am I going to lean into all the complexity of the world and not just some of you know what we want out of the world? Your cooking analogy and Christine's cooking analogy of of oil and acid that that you know if you have a bunch of acid that you want to deal with and and as you say, if you just put a little bit of oil in. Uh, because they they just come out looking so separate that that splash of oil that splash of spice that to to the experienced palate you know that they you notice that you say i i taste that in there like you know if we splash that flavor into the world as jesus is saying like you tell herod like i'm just doing good i'm like even in this moment i'm going to try and splash some some flavor into you some oil into you and it'll sit with you and you'll see it. You'll be able to see that you're so right, Dave. This is about seeing. This is about Christine's seeing. And, and um, for such a little thing to be so visible, all of a sudden uh, can be taken as something to to inspire yourself and and, and let it grow. Uh, but, but also, you know, you, when I hear you say, how do we embrace that? Um, I also thought to myself, how do we embrace it in others? And is that is that what church is all about? Is that is that what a community of faith like to go beyond just being spiritual by yourself, but to have a community where we can respond to others and say, "Right on, I see that good in you, and I give thanks, and and uh, or I encourage you to to do this with me because I see this in you," and all of a sudden we're making that flavor more flavorful. Um, I so desperately want to embrace a tradition within, you know, the Christian faith, that tradition of, of not just anointing with oil, but, but having vinegar along with that too, right. (laughs) As a way of, of saying, let's lean into, you know, all aspects of, uh, of life. Uh, And, and that's truly what it means, I think, to, um, to live fully is, and, and to say yes to life because, um, you know, we, there's that image of being on the sidelines and 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 i think that so often there are moments and we all can reflect on this within our own lives of those moments that we've chosen to to stay on the sidelines rather than get out into you know to mix it up and and get on the playing field um in those moments often it's it's that fear of 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 embracing all you know that the risk that's involved within embracing the complexity of life and uh, and and afraid of going, you know, down that path within the kitchen for fear that it's not going to. I mean, the greatest things that have happened, you know, probably within a, the culinary world are are the mistakes that have been made. But you know, where it's like you're stumbling upon, oh gosh, you know, adding blue cheese to that, what an amazing thing! Um, how incredible is that? I, I'm not a big fan of this, but I know that uh, people quite often, uh, you know, will say, oh, take some Wendy's fries with some, uh, you know, with a frosty and uh, what a fantastic combination uh odd an odd combination <laughs> but apparently it works for a lot of people uh my dad i grew up watching my dad uh, uh, uh make peanut butter sandwiches with with iceberg lettuce you know it wasn't jelly it wasn't honey or anything like that it was peanut butter and then iceberg lettuce which made no sense to me until i tried it yeah. and the crunch and the you know there was just something about it that just worked um so much of, of of life, I think, is 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 not being afraid mm-hmm. of saying yes to uh, 
the things that just don't make any sense whatsoever and not wanting to compartmentalize and not wanting to, um, you know, to, to let fear overtake us. I, 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 an anecdote is coming to mind that the story that I heard, I, I think on a CBC radio program about, about veterans and regret. And, um, they were asking these military leaders that have come back from great battles, come back from great leadership in, in just life-threatening uh, conditions. And they asked them, you know, what, what are some, some of your biggest regrets in life? And one, one person, I, I will never get his story out of my head. He, he said, you know, I, I've lost friends in battle and it's because of decisions that I've made. And he says, but, but you know, as bizarre as it is to say, I can live with that because... They were, they were tough decisions and, and we were dealing with the best things that, that we could. But he said, one of my biggest regrets ever was in high school. And I had some cool friends. I was part of an in-group and there was a girl walking down the hallway and, and I knew she liked me and, and we were kind of friends, but I didn't let a lot of people know that. And, um, and, and as she's walking by, she said, hi, and I pretended not to know her. And, and he says, to this day, I feel horrible about that. I can't, I can't undo it. But, but kind of like the, the French fry and the frosty, these bizarre combinations can actually be a wonderful thing and uh, in, in some avenues. And, and, and when we don't allow ourselves to commingle with these, with these bizarre uh, things and, and we just stick to those groups and, and, uh, and we don't risk, the, the regret can be torturous. Uh, and it could be little things in ways, but, but really they're, they're humongous things. Uh, um, it, it's not a fun thing to live with these things. What I see within Christine is what I see within Jesus as well, within this passage, is, is leaning into life and, and, and beginning to truly see what it means to, to live. And, and I'm reminded of, uh, of an image that uh, certainly has been, I think, resurrected in many ways by, by Brené Brown in, in her book, Rising Strong, where she focuses a great deal of her time as she talks about what it means to be a person who has the capacity to uh, to to rise above those moments within our life where we've experienced failure, where we've experienced pain, um, grief, all of those types of things, she she leans on a a, a Roosevelt quote, uh, Theodore Roosevelt, uh, who talks about the man in the arena, um, and it you know the quote is you know it's not the critic who counts, uh, not the one who points out uh, how the strong person stumbles or where the do- doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to, in this case, the man who is actually in the arena, to the one who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I think that for me, being in the arena is 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 a place where we have to embrace uh the complexity of life where we have to to identify and say you know there's the acid but you know what there's something there's a there's a blessing an inherent blessing within that uh, that we can receive the one who's not afraid to go and and challenge you know the the establishment 
and and in an effort to to move beyond that and what a blessing it is to consider that uh, this day within our lives 